0: You're listening to World Oil Deep Dive, conversations with energy industry leaders and engineers about the market trends and technologies shaping the oil and gas industry. Now, here's this week's episode.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. This is kind of special crossover episode because we're here at Eddie V's in City Center tonight for a reception for everybody who's a finalist at the Gulf. Energy Information Excellence Awards this year. And that awards gala is happening on October 11th, but this is something we like to do for the finalists ahead of time. So there'll be an interesting mix of folks from upstream, midstream, and downstream here tonight. And, you know, we'll bring some people over who are finalists and learn more about their technology. Looking forward to it. And I think you'll enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, everybody. We're here live with Monica Varana from Microseismic. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Jim. Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is an exciting evening because this is the kind of reception for all of the finalists for the awards on October 11th. So tell us about Microseismic. What are you guys up for?
0: Micro is up for two nominations, Small and Mid Energy Firm of the Year. And then Peter Duncan, who is our founder and CEO, is up for Lifetime Achievement.
1: Wow. That's amazing. Lifetime Achievement. That's a big one, right? And
0: Peter deserves it. If anybody knows Peter, he is a pioneer in the industry. He really coined Passive Seismic, which is where... Really? We, yes. Wow. And we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. So it's just... It's an awesome, That'll be icing awesome time. on the
1: cake, right? I mean, icing, already to get yeah, nominated, I mean, to make it top. to the finalists is, exactly. is something, but getting that award, that's icing on the cake. You exactly. Know? No, yeah. we're
0: humbled to be here for sure.
1: That'll be exciting. Did you look at the list over there? What do you think about your competition? Do they suck?
0: You know what? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I should uh, I should sum them up while I'm here tonight, actually. I didn't do any intel on them, to be oh, okay, honest with you. okay, okay, okay. But I probably should.
1: All right. I probably should. You'll see them there. They'll be the ones with frowns on their faces when you win, okay? <laughs> Those are going to be the guys.
0: Well, That's Monica, funny.
1: thanks so much for
0: being on. Of we course, appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be here. Take care. Take care.
1: Yeah, we're here with Enes Gupta from Aramco Americas at the reception. Starting to fill up in the room here, so it's getting a little bit louder. But tell us,
2: Anaj, what are you up for in the awards? So I'm in the finalist for Lifetime Achievement Award Upstream. Wow, that's impressive because like I
1: was saying just earlier, that's a tough list to get on, period, right? Oh, well, thank mean...
2: you. I certainly feel honored to be in the short list when I look at other names on the list, certainly. Yeah. Just to be in that list is an honor in itself.
1: Yeah. So tell us about your career. Tell us why you got nominated for this or made the finalists. Even there's a lot more people who got nominated, didn't even make the finalists. So, you know.
2: Well, I'll tell you about my career. I, I went to came to U.S. 38 years ago as a graduate student at University of Texas at Austin. Before that, Switched from being a mechanical engineer on a drilling rig, working as a driller right. in ONGC, offshore India. Oh, okay. That's how I got my introduction to oil industry and loved it, you know, being on the drilling rig. Yeah. Taking, you know, initiated by mud baths. You know, <laughs> <laughs> All those tool pushers, tower pushers there, you know. you know, yeah, yeah, driller, yeah. That's a rough crew, but loved it. To the point that I say, you know, I want to learn more about petroleum engineering. and to grad school, got a fellowship from University of Texas at Austin to go to grad school and... The top program in petroleum engineering, spent six years there doing master's and PhD, and then looked around, hey, where can I work? So I got a faculty position from University of Oklahoma in petroleum engineering. That is one of the, used to be the largest petroleum program back in 50, right? Right. So I kind of got my learnings in being a professor at University of Oklahoma, about nine years there, went through my tenure, learned a lot, taught many courses educated you know generation of engineers and you know I mean OU grads are there right um, Notch, and had some really nice colleagues there then from there I was recruited by University of Missouri Rolla the old Missouri School of Mines being there as a faculty member served as a department head and turns out as a department of petroleum engineering you're also chairman of Missouri oil and gas council so got to serve in that oh role, wow which was, wow yeah so that was you know Quite an experience, right? Then I was recruited by LSU, so served on Louisiana State University wow, wow. as a petroleum engineering faculty. After that, I got a bug to go overseas. So, you know, start telling one of your colleagues that, you know, I went to Abu Dhabi. This Adnoc had their own private university, taught over there. And then when my boss moved to Texas a and he said, why are you doing in Abu Dhabi? Why don't you join a and <laughs> So I went to Qatar campus of Texas A&M. Nice, yeah. So I taught there for five years, had great fun. And finally, when Aramco Open Research Center here, the lead for reserve engineering asked me, hey, I know your love for you to come work for me. So that's why I came back, you know, been here last 10 years, great journey. So, you know, I mean, I had experience, you know, going back to India, the Middle East, U.S., uh, taught generation of engineers. Who are now in pretty good position themselves, and yeah, they, and know, globally
1: too, right? Yeah. I mean, these are engineers yeah, all over the world, yeah. throughout the industry, everywhere. Yeah. So it's
2: always fun when I, you know, I remember visiting Adnox headquarters, and suddenly somebody from Kubel walks up, say, "Dr. Gupta, I know you're you're my professor at You say, What? <laughs> <laughs> so that is always, you know, a great experience. Yeah. So I mean, I had great ride, enjoyed this experience, and you know, would not trade it for anything. You know, so
1: yeah, it's easy to see why. You made the finalist list because, I mean, that, having touched so many of the engineers' lives who are in the field today and in, risen up from the field, right, and probably are in, you know, high positions today, that's important. That's important. I, I
2: feel good that I was able to make difference in love for so many young people, you know. And right. I guess that's why somebody decided to nominate me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, congratulations, you know, uh, and we'll see you there on October 11th. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: All right, now we're here with Ernst Schnell from Halliburton. Ernst, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So Halliburton is up for a lot of awards, but what's your technology specifically?
3: So I specifically work for the cementing business, and we are up in the HSE category for a dust extraction system for our land cement units. Wow. So
1: tell us a little bit more about that. So you have some kind of hood system or something that keeps the... Dust from getting up in the air and damaging workers?
3: Yeah, so the OSHA in the U.S. has increased or decreased the levels which have to be controlled on particular silica dust exposure for our workers. Most of the dust that we produce actually comes out of the mix tank where the cement powder hits the water. Right, when they're dumping them in, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a jet system, so it's not quite dumped. But they, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So it's like a recirculating system, but it produces some dust. And we've had a traditional system which was like a sock filter
0: had mm-hmm. the
3: nickname yeah. "the sausage," it was a, <laughs> which was basically laid out at the back of the truck, and the air was extracted from the tank with a fan and blown through the sock filter, and that retained the dust. We didn't quite feel that that was twenty first century enough, <laughs> so we've come up with a system that is actually borrowed from a stationary plant. It's a bag filter system where basically the air with the cement dust gets pulled through; the dust is retained on kind of cloth bags right? and with some reverse pressure, you can actually knock that dust off from the outside and it falls down and basically gets recycled in the water stream that we're having running through the system.
1: So the filter itself is reusable then? Right? The, just yeah. like blow it out and put it back on and away you go,
3: right? The filters actually, they stay on. They can be regenerated in place. So oh, okay, you basically yeah. you just have to reverse the airflow. It's like a bag filter. So if you blow air in from the top, it bulges out and knocks the dust off. Oh, wow. Okay. Those filter elements We haven't quite figured it's a very new system. We haven't quite figured out how long they're going to last, but they'll last for tens of thousands of cubic feet cement mixed. Wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. And,
1: you know, I mean, that's one of the great things about our industry, right? Trying to keep people safe. And, you know, I mean, we do a lot of crazy things and dangerous things, right? But that sounds
3: like a fantastic technology for that. Have you seen the competition you have in that category? I know some of our competitors have used cyclonic systems Mm -hmm. that try to knock out the dust. I'm not sure how effective it is. We are the only ones advertising it at the moment. And for us, it's brand new as well. So we have done tests to make sure we're meeting the OSHA levels and the EPA emission levels for dust there. They do that. And we're quite proud of it because it's actually an off-the-shelf system that we've managed to integrate into our mobile trucks.
1: Right. Well, that's fantastic. And that sounds like great technology. And obviously, it's good enough to get you to the finals. So... (laughs) That's something. And hopefully, you know, we'll see you with the trophy on October 11th, right? Yeah, and
3: we're grateful that you're having us for this election.
1: <laughs> All right, Ernst, take care. Thank, Thank you, you for being on the show. Thank you very much. Continuing our discussions here this evening, we're here with Justin Brignac from Oilify. Justin, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. Just came hot off a flight, straight in an Uber, straight here. Just I dropped my bag about 30 seconds before he came over and said, hey. Nice, so, nice. Yeah, and... and
1: that's hilarious because you're coming out from Midland to do this tonight and then going back for the Daniel Energy Partners Barbecue, which I'll also be at tomorrow. So we'll see each other again tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see you too, again tomorrow. <laughs> right? It's crazy. So tell us, what category
4: are you a finalist in? Best production technology. All right. And for what technology? What is it? It is a self-cleaning system for solids for rod lift. And it's a one of a kind new self-cleaning, which is not You've had screens before and filters before, but they weren't ever able to clean themselves and increase run times. And it was kind of a, you set it, it helps for a little while, but eventually it goes down. It wasn't a long-term solution. And also because of the one direction flow path on these screens, not to get too technical, but it can create a pressure drop and scale buildup and things like that. So yeah. there had to be a better way to do this where we had a longer term positive impact for runtimes and saving money, saving workovers for clients.
1: Yeah. And so you see the extension of the rod pump life then yeah, correct. with this. By what factor? What's the
4: We're still figuring that out, but we are it's ironic, the best result we ever had was the most severe result because one of the harder things about reliability new tools are it takes time. Right. Yeah. you know, hey, we get two year run lives. Well, I guess we'll wait three years now to right, see if exactly, it's good or not, exactly. you know. Exactly. But there are some extreme cases. We have a client in California that ran one, they were averaging fourteen to twenty one day run lives. What? The, oh my goodness. Thousand barrels a day, right. just sand, 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 sand. And our first system, they could not get too long on the twenty one days. They could not. It ran for eight months. Wow, eight that's months. impressive. So that, yeah. and is that going to be every well? Probably not, but there is, so far, it seems like we're getting very, very good runtime increases, well enough to pay for a workover or two, but obviously having a system at a reasonable cost, it's not a huge cost incurrence. You don't need a long time to pay out. Right, you know?
1: exactly, exactly. Well, that does sound like great technology. No wonder you're a finalist. So, uh <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see you. So then you're coming back in on October 11th yes, for the sir. For Yes, the sir. Take, and our, right?
4: my CEO, Jeff Sapanjo, will be flying in from Calgary for that as nice. well. So we'll, nice. have, we'll have the whole team <laughs> quotation there.
1: Well, I can't wait to see, you know, you guys win in that category because that sounds impressive. I haven't looked at all the other production things, but Rod Lift, extending the life of pumps for Rod Lift, that's like one of the most baseline essential things, right? That Everything mm. ends up there at some point, right? Well, so-
4: and to be able to do that while keeping the 100 mesh in the really small stuff, but also getting better gas separation beforehand. So this technology that we're not for actually goes inside our newer gas separator, which is the best gas separator we believe in the market. So oh, you're, getting, nice. you're getting more oil and better reliability for your pump strokes, but also keeping the sand out. So it's kind of a double whammy there. And we're really excited about the results we've seen so far.
1: That's awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you on yes, October 11th. Thank 11. you very much. Take I appreciate care. it. All right, now we're here with Mike Tallman from KBR. And Mike, tell us what category you're nominated for or you're a finalist in. Well, you
5: can't see me on the podcast, but I have a lot of gray hair. (laughs) So that means that I'm nominated for a Lifetime Achievement Award in Downstream.
1: Yeah, that's impressive because that's always a heavy hitter list. Anytime it's Lifetime Achievement, I mean, there's big guys up there. But give us a little recap. Give us the elevator pitch of your Lifetime achievement. How did you get, you know, put forward for this?
5: Yeah. So I've been with KBR my entire career, 43 no.
1: years now. Wow.
5: And I've done a lot of roles within KBR, but most of my time has been spent in Olefin's technology, either oh, okay. in process design, technology development. Now I work in a role of technology marketing and licensing and contract negotiation, those kinds of things. So wow. I've had a lot of different challenging assignments through my career and It's very, very interesting. So,
1: yeah. So, you have your names on some patents somewhere in there, right? I have,
5: I think I have nine or 10 U.S. patents and I think 49 international patents.
1: Do you have those plaques on the wall? Do you put those up in your house? Yeah.
5: I have them, yes. The U.S. ones. KBR KBR does a nice job of putting together plaques of the front page of the patent. And that's that's a very nice thing to display. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that's impressive. That's impressive. And, you know, I mean, Those technologies, when you're talking about dealing with olefins and things like that, that's, I mean, for me, because basically my background is upstream things, that for me is like out of this world, right? That's like some real, real technology. Olefins,
5: ethylene plants are very, very interesting because process conditions range from maybe as high as 900 degrees centigrade coming out of the furnaces to as low as maybe negative 1 20C in the recovery section and everything in between and all kinds of unit ops. And so it's very, very interesting and it's challenging to try to optimize things. So that's why I continue to work. I enjoy talking to people about our technology and I enjoy helping our company try to develop improvements, especially today with everybody focused on reducing their carbon footprint. We've been doing a lot of work in KBR, you know, to try to do that, you know, steam cracking is very energy intensive. So right. we've been doing a lot of work to try to reduce the energy consumption and also to reduce the carbon emissions. So wow. So always there's a, another challenge coming Isn't down there, the road. is there?
1: That's a great thing about always. our industry, right? I mean, yes. there's always another challenge. And, you know, fortunately in our industry, we have the resources to find answers, right? I mean, yeah. hey, we can do this better. We can do it with fewer carbon emissions. Let's figure it out, right? Right. It's got a lot of smart people. So, yep. And you are definitely one of those smart people. So, uh, I uh, hope so. <laughs> congratulations on being a finalist. And hopefully, we'll see you with a trophy then on the night of the gala.
5: Thank you very much. I very much appreciate it. And I appreciate the
1: honor. All right. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Thank you. All right. Now we have Soma Sundarama, who is the CEO of Champion X. Soma, welcome to the show.
6: Well, glad to be here, Jim.
1: Yeah, no, it's exciting to have someone of your caliber on this podcast. <laughs> we're just grabbing anybody out of the audience, but I know who you were. So when I saw you, I was like, let's get Soma on the show for sure. So Champion X, tell us, I think you're a finalist in more than one category, right?
6: Right. Well, Jim, first of all, we are happy to be here at the Gulf Energy Excellence Awards. And we are honored to be finalist in four different categories. Four, wow. Yeah, Yeah. and let me start with, you know, our CFO, Ken Fisher, has been nominated for the Lifetime Achievement of the Year Award, you know, so which means, so Ken has a long career in energy, so I think it's well-deserving. That's a tough
1: category. That's always like a who's who in the industry, right? Right. When you see the competition there, you're like, wow. Right. So for Ken, congratulations to him. That's a. And then
6: we are also happy to be named finalist in the DEI category, which is, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion category. That's particularly the Champion X as a DEI program. Wow. And then we are a finalist in the technology category as well, in particularly in the production side for our, you know, triple combination chemical solution in the production category so that we are happy about. And you may recall last year we won the production category right, award. Right, exactly. You know, so, and then lastly, you know, I'm personally humbled and honored to be a finalist amongst, you know, the illustrious leaders who have been finalists here I'm humbled to be part of that category where I'm a finalist for the Energy Leader of the Year Award. So those are the four categories, you know, Champion X has been named finalists.
1: That's impressive. That's impressive. And I think that, you know, having that diversity of areas where you're finalists, that says something about your leadership, doesn't it?
6: Well, thank you, Jim. I have a great team. I'm every day grateful to them. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. But it's impressive. I mean, yeah. really, to be finalists not only in technology, but lifetime achievement, leadership, you know, the diversity inclusion thing. That's really good. I mean, that's amazing to be finalist in so many areas. But let's talk about the technology a little bit. Yeah. So it's the triple.
6: Yeah, it's a triple combination of uh, production chemicals. So, you know, in the production area, when you're producing oil and gas, you know, chemicals are used as a consumable in the process it does two functions one is it does you know enable we call it the flow assurance which is it enables right. the oil and gas to flow easily second is it protects the assets which are downhole as well as the reservoir you know the integrity of the assets right so these chemistries are used for multiple purposes depending on the well conditions depending on where the well is and all that right and the type of equipment used so for example for corrosion inhibition the You know, to prevent corrosion or for preventing paraffin, you know, inhibition Mm -hmm. or for preventing bacterial growth or for preventing, you know, asphaltene. Right. So, like, there is several reasons why production chemicals are used by customers. What we have done with this triple combination is what used to take three different chemicals, you know, to solve three different problems. We were able to formulate... You know a chemical that combines all three properties into one chemical really so customers instead of using three different chemicals chemistries they can use just one chemical so it's a very unique and brilliant idea you know our our scientists have come up with and it's already very popular in the market you know we have introduced it it's been very popular in the market and you can think of the benefits, right? You know, oh, of course. So yeah. the benefits is obviously less chemicals being used, and which is savings in operating expenses for our customers. And then if you think about the ESG benefits, particularly around you know using less chemistries, using less number of you know trips to the oil field, using less number of tanks in the right, you know, yeah. and less power, right? So overall, it's a it helps our customers produce efficiently as well as sustainably. So we are excited about it.
1: Now, here's a tricky question for you, Soma, on that line. Why did anybody think of that before? Why did anybody think of that? Like, hey, instead of using all these different chemicals, can't we just make one that does all of this? I mean, yeah. you guys are the first ones to come up with this, right? Correct.
6: Yeah, you know, this is a great question, Jim. It's, I always say necessity is the mother of invention, right? <laughs> exactly, you know, like exactly. You know what's today in the oil field industry, you know, it's important for us to always focus on operating efficiently, safely, and sustainably, Correct, right? Correct, yeah. So when we started thinking within our own, in X and within our R&D groups and all the innovations we do, we say, look, we call it technology with impact. So anything we produce should have an impact and that has to help our customers with either their safety, their efficiency, or their sustainability, right? right? So this setting hits- that target, setting that focus, you know, enables people to think about these type of ideas.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. That is an amazing, you know, for chemistry and where I think, you know, like every once in a while there's some changes in chemistry, but it's not really something that changes dramatically, but that's a dramatic step change. It's impressive. I'd be surprised if you guys don't win. So hopefully I'll see you there with a trophy, somehow. You can be standing up there, getting your picture taken with your team.
6: Well, Jim, thanks for those wishes. And we'll be honored and humbled if we win, you win. Know? <laughs> thanks for being but, on the show, so All right, Jim. Thank you very much.
1: Next up we have Jai Ching Wang from SLB. Jai Ching, welcome to the show.
7: Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah. So tell us, I
7: think SLB is nominated for a few categories, right? Yes, yes. I was looking at the board. SLB was nominated for several, I think four or five of them. Wow. That's yeah. great.
1: And so which ones are you involved with?
7: Yeah, so our team worked on wireline automation. So we got two finalists a nomination. One's for the depth estimation in wireline. And the other one is the general AI and modeling to power the wireline automation.
1: Wow. And so that's your project. You're involved with that stuff.
7: Yes. It is not our team who submitted Century It's another team that worked with us in oh. Boston in SDR. So
1: why in these two categories, like you said, you weren't nominated directly. It was another group who worked with you on that, right? But why would these particular wireline technologies you know, rise to the level of finalists for awards. I mean, what's cutting edge about them?
7: Yeah, so first of all, I think automation is quite valuable in wireline. It saves cost, it increases efficiency, it reduces the risk of the wire automation. For example, our model, we can predict how much tension we will get during a wire automation. Really? Um, yes. It's exactly. predictive.
1: It's predictive. It's like, oh, this yes. is what we're going to get, right? Yes. Wow.
7: Um, it is predictive. And it also using some numerical technology to correct the model itself during the run. Wow. Yeah, so we have measurement during the run, and we have model prediction, and our model prediction will correct itself given the previous measurement. So do
1: you guys have like autonomous wireline stuff working? I mean, like that just runs itself?
7: Yes, that's exactly what we do. Yes. We haven't been applied to a lot of fields, but we do have a few that are using this technology. Basically, user can just input a number, say like how much depth you want the wireline to go to, you want the string to go to, and press the button go, and all of those are automated. That's
1: fantastic technology because, you know, in our industry, experienced guys, and it takes super experienced guys, right, to keep the tension right, not mess things up. But, you know, in this instance now, a machine can do that and get it to depth like you want it without any mistakes or have there been mistakes. With the well, AI. I mean it's gotta learn, right? It's gotta learn. So. It
7: is, it is. Yeah, we have one of test wall in our campus. Yeah. It's not too deep. I think it's two thousand feet deep. It's mm-hmm. a vertical wall. It is for our team specifically to test our software. So
1: you try to break it? You try
7: to yeah, do something to break it? Break yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. We have a QA engineer who try our latest version of software in that well. His purpose is to break our software, to <laughs> let us know, well, this went wrong, and you need to fix this, you need to fix that. We love that. That's amazing. No, but that's great
1: technology. And I mean, you guys are nominated in quite a few categories. So I look forward to seeing you with a trophy somewhere there on October 11th. I think that'll be fantastic. Thank you. I'm hoping for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Now we have a very special situation because we actually have two guests on at the same time. <laughs> all right. We have yes. Sam Sawyer from Neighbors. Hi. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Taylor Canas. From, Canas. Can I say it like that? Canas. Canis?
8: Yeah. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> we we, we got to say it like we're from, I don't know, from Arkansas or something. Canis. Taylor Canas. Yeah. No, Canis. Canis. Yeah. And Taylor Canas from Canrig, yes. which is part of Neighbors, yes. right? Exactly. But the reason you guys are both on because you got some nominations for neighbors. You got some finalists from CanRig yep. as well, right? Yep. So, who wants to start?
9: I'll go first.
1: All right, Taylor, you tell us how many finalists.
9: We have three finalists from CanRig side of things. So, to start, we got nominated for Best Controls, Instrumentation, Automation Technology. Our Smart Power product got nominated for that. So, basically, Smart Power is one of our fully automated engine management technologies that Yeah, we have. I
1: saw that. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, right.
9: and so basically SmartPower uses AI technology to analyze the EDR data that's coming from the rig. And then that way, Smart Power will communicate to the engine and power management system, the generators, how many engines need to be running. So right. you don't need to be running all four all the time. So it will provide the driller with a 10-minute look-ahead and then we'll automatically switch, okay, you're running four engines, you only need to be running one, two, and three. Big oh. carbon
1: emission savings, exactly. right. Shut yeah. down those engines you aren't using, don't need to have them on. Exactly. Yeah. So That's and awesome. it's
9: also like if you think of the start and stop with your car feature, it does that same thing. So I hate
1: that in cars though, don't you? (laughs) It's always like, did my car just die? What happened? What happened?
9: And it's always at the worst time too. You're like, I'm at the light. Like I need you back on. (laughs) Exactly.
1: But but I know your system isn't like that. Because it'll flip like this, right? Exactly. Uh, It's it's
9: very quick and very seamless too. And again, like I said, the driller gets an alert even though it is autonomous. We do have a manual option as well, but obviously we want to move to that full autonomous use. And so 10 minutes before it will transition the generators, it will flash on their screen saying, Hey, we're going to be shutting off engines two and three at this time. One and four will only be running. So yeah.
1: yeah. So that's good. It gives them a heads up. So they're does. not like, what happened? Why did our engines go it down? Does. Right? That way
9: they're not freaking out. Like, why are things going down and yeah, stuff? Yeah. And then if there's a case, which There typically isn't, just because with the AI usage, I mean, AI is such a buzzword nowadays, right? Right. The system is getting smarter the more it's running on the rig because it's it's learning. learning. It's learning, it's learning, it's movements and, you know, all the different functions it's doing. So as you keep utilizing that tool, it's only going to get smarter to help predict what's happening.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive.
9: I know. It's really cool. And then to transition from that, we also are finalists in the best oil field chemicals and fluids category what? for our Nano 2 fuel enhancer.
1: Oh, so, oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that. I forget what show it was at, but I was there, and that's all they were talking about. Yeah. And I was like, what? That's an incredible technology it as really, well. Huh?
9: It really is because it's so simple, and it's a very quick, easy, light solution where basically Nano 2, you're just taking the fuel enhancer additive, dosing it into your fuel tank. Right. You, we have a manual option as well as an automated option where we will measure the amount of Nano 2 that needs to be dosed into the fuel tank. It runs through and then it's basically cleaning the engine's combustion so that your engines are running more efficiently and cleanly, which then, you know result of that you're reducing your emissions you're reducing fuel consumption all the fun things impressive, so impressive it, it, huh? it really is it's a really neat technology even though it doesn't sound like a technology but when you think about what all needs to be done to make that solution that chemical I don't like the word chemical because it sounds so dangerous <laughs> right. but you know what it takes to dose that in and learn okay what's the equal, like what's the numbers or correct amount, I should say, correct ratio right. that you need to dose to put into the diesel fuel to then be able to provide reduction to your right, exactly. So. But our last one that Canrig was nominated for is something we are just as eagerly excited about. We are finalists in best drilling technologies for our Razor solution. So Razor is on the drilling side of things, and it stands for Red Zone Robotics. Oh, wow. So this is, we were the first to put out a fully automated land rig. We released that last November, so it's been operating for about a year now. And basically with Razer, it's a module rig floor automation solution that removes crews from the red zone areas. And then as well as with that automation, you're delivering consistent performance. Right. What's different and what is really special about Razer compared to other automations is with it being a modular solution, we are able to upgrade any AC rig. To full automation. Get
1: out. Anybody's. Doesn't matter.
9: Any AC rig. Wow. So it's basic. I think it's about six to nine different pieces of capital equipment that get you to that full autonomous like razor format. Right, yeah. But obviously you can take it in doses, you know, like test out different ones. But the end goal is to get you to razor. And then that way you're removing your crews from the red zone.
1: Yeah. No, that's great. And that's all like you know hse stuff all of those awards are like keeping your workers safe not polluting the environment i mean that's that's incredible so did neighbors do as good on the hse count what are your nominations for are your finalists for so we have three
8: (laughs) (laughs) we have three on the neighbor's side as well and i guess first i'll talk about smart rs core which was nominated for the best controls instrumentation automation technology because it kind of flows with Razor. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like
1: part of that, right? It's all part of the big family there.
8: Exactly. Smart OS is a piece of Razor and it is basically our rig controls and automation platform. So it's the solution that delivers like full process automation to any rig. So we can do it on a neighbor's rig. Um, We saw like a while ago, I guess almost two years ago with like R801, that was like the fully built, fully automated rig. But now you can take it and apply it It doesn't have to be a full-build rig. It doesn't have to be a neighbor's rig. It can be anyone's, and you apply the smart ROS, really any AC rig. So it can deliver like the latest level of automation and technology, really, to anyone.
1: Yeah, very cool, very cool.
8: So we're excited about that. Our other one, which... Also ties in with Smart ROS. We're nominated in the best digital transformation category for predictive drilling. Nice. Which we actually did a podcast with you guys on right. a few weeks ago. But with that With Corva, one, right? Yep. Yeah. So that yeah, one's that was actually impressive. in partnership with Corva. Predictive drilling is basically, or our partnership with Corva, I should say, is connecting Corva's app store and dev center with our rig controls and automations platform. So Smart ROS and Rig Cloud. And the first development of this collaboration together is predictive drilling.
1: So wait, on that nomination or that finalist thing, then it's you and Corva together? Correct. Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. So
8: vouching for Corva here too. Nice, nice. (laughs) But it's basically an AI, again, AI, AI ML based ROP optimizer aimed at reducing drilling dysfunctions.
1: Yeah. And if anybody listening wants to know more about that, check the show notes of this episode and we'll link to that webcast we did because that was awesome. That's all the details you could possibly want about predictive drilling in there for sure.
8: Definitely. And so, and I mean, that's having great success so far in our first and most recent deployment as operations in the Delaware basin. It increased average ROP by 36%, I believe, and decreased vibrations by almost like 10%. So it's showing great results speeding people up, not hurting their equipment. And same as she was talking about with smart power, with the AI and ML, it's always learning. It's always getting better and sending those set points that are going to be most beneficial to your operations.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you got one more?
8: Yeah, we have one more. (laughs) So overall with that, we Neighbors as a whole was nominated for the mid-small cap energy firm of the year. Really? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, With that, you know, all these nominations that we have across our different business units. And I know Neighbors is thought of primarily as a drilling contractor, but really, yes, we have like the rigs and drilling side, but we also have CanRig for our capital equipment. We have our NDS side for all the drilling technologies. We have our energy transition stuff, all of our geothermal, our ventures portfolio. It's really a lot going on at Neighbors that's really. Cool and innovative, and really innovating the future of energy. So I think that's probably why we're nominated there in that category. Well,
1: that's exciting, guys. I mean, seriously, six finalists, and so I'm very excited for you because <laughs> uh, excited uh, hope- too. <laughs> hopefully, we'll see you guys there with some more than one. I mean, yeah. got a good Rangers shot cross. at more than one, right? So for
8: our trophy case, definitely, <laughs>
1: definitely. All right. Well, Sam Taylor, thanks for being on the show.
2: Yeah, thank thanks, you, Jim. Jim.
1: All right, now we're here with Melvin Barrios Soto from Aspen Technology. Melvin, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, so tell us Aspen Tech, man. I know the name, huge, great technology. What are you guys finalists in? What categories?
10: See, our category today was Best Control, Instrumentation, and Automation Technology for Downstream. I know there there's several... Yeah, yeah, there's some upstream
1: people here, but this is for Downstream,
10: right? for Downstream, yeah. And today our product that got nominated is Aspen Visual Advisor, or we call it AVA, for DMC3. So it's a feature that is specifically in, we can find it in Aspen DMC3. Aspen DMC3 is Aspen Tech Offering for Advanced Process Control. Yeah, advanced process control is, again, I was playing like another layer of control that is added into your basic or regulatory controls that you have in, you can find it in refineries and chemical plants, basically in many verticals. Your regulatory controls will give you your basic controls of your system and then you add an advanced process control layer to optimize it, now it will basically run all the economics of your parameters that you have available given by your domain expertise. And it will take those economics factors and optimize your process. Basically, it will steer your process to go into the optimum direction. So that's what advanced process control does.
1: Wow. So this is like an add-on. You already got a refinery. You got your, you know, mandatory controls or whatever. And Ava just sits over the top of all that and optimizes everything for you and executes as well or tells... Hey, do this, do
10: that. Yeah. And to be more specific, I mean, Aspen DMC3 is the product or the, the solution that we put to optimize series of the process. Ava, oh, yeah. what yeah. Ava does, which is the nomination that we got today, is an additional and a feature of that pr- solution or that product. And what it does, Ava, is we call it Aspen Virtual Advisor. And it basically takes the operator input. The operator can ask a question like, what can I do to increase production? what can I do to lower the temperature here or to change the set point specifically by variable name, depending on how you define it in your process. And it will look into your process control, advanced process control matrix, and it will give the operators recommendations of what variables they can change. We call them manipulated variables. They can specifically change in order to achieve that desired outcome in the process.
1: So this is like the chat GPT of process <laughs> control, is that right?
10: It doesn't write code, let's put it like that. <laughs> I, w- I mean, we wish, right? But what it does is it runs a lot of like digital twin scenarios in the background. Right, exactly. And here the persona that can use it, for example, it could be an operator. Right. Right. Instead of the operator going, oh, I'm going to call the going the call engineering office. I need an APC engineer to specifically tell me how to steer back the APC controller into right. the direction that I want, right? They can simply ask a question. I want to use increased production, 5 KVD from 25 to 30. What can I do? They type the question into Ava. Ava will give them the answer. And in minutes, they know what to do and they can discuss it between them.
1: That's insane. We're living in the future, right? I mean, this is like mm-hmm. super futuristic things because you would have had to talk to staff. They'd have to go away, analyze all these things, all these different data inputs, and then come back with a recommendation, right? Mm-hmm. How long would that normally take without Ava?
10: Well, uh, by my experience, talking with my clients, it can take days, weeks, it depends on the availability of the resources. A lot of our customers don't have advanced control service or excellence center, right? Right. They need to either outsource it, go to a third party, they're limited on resources. And with Ava, they have it right there in the tips of their their hands, right? They can simply say, oh, I'm just going to type my questions and I'm going to get an answer right away.
1: And it's right away? It's like GPT where you just start spitting it out right away? If you
10: have ready your advanced control, your DMC 3 implement in your finery and you have it running and you have AVA, you just whenever you want. Wow. 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days of the week. This is the thing I love about Aspen Tech, man. You guys are on
1: it, right? You guys are on the cutting edge of the future. So yep. congratulations on that being a finalist, but how is that not going to win, man? So I don't know. I'm excited. Hopefully, you know, I'll see you there with a the trophy on the October 11th. That'll be spectacular. Yeah?
10: I'm very excited about the product. And thank you enough for Golf Energy to having us and inviting us to this pre gal event. All right. Thanks for being thank on you. the show. Take care. Thank you.
1: All right. Next up, we're here with Sean Laughlin from Pipe Spring. Sean, welcome to the show.
11: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So you have a special honor because we've been talking to a lot of people tonight and we hadn't talked to any pipeline guys. Excellent. And so you are the
11: first. Nothing happens without the pipelines. you got to move it from where you find it to where the people need it. Yeah, pipelines are important.
1: You yeah, got to. So tell us, what category are you nominated for?
11: Best Pipeline
1: Integrity Technology. All right. And you're saying is PipeSpring, but is there, I mean, I think people who are involved in pipelines know PipeSpring. I mean, that's the name people know, right? They know the technology. So tell us about your technology.
11: Okay. <laughs> What's new and exciting about PipeSpring? I had been a welding guy, welded steel sleeves, welding industry. I was Lincoln Electric, chairman of the Connecticut Section of the American Welding Society. I then spent 19 years as president and CEO of a composite repair company.
1: Not and to be named here.
11: Not to be named. We don't talk about them, but it was yellow <laughs> and developed by the Gas Research Institute. And I stayed up awake at nights, thinking, what can we do better? What can we do different? How do we solve some of the longstanding challenges of Installation technology and QAQC and operator issues. And the answer was pipe spring. So instead of composite, we use steel,
3: right. install
11: it with the methods that you would use on composite. So we have a non welded steel spring, highly likely to be delineated within ASME B314 and D- B318 or 318S, the pipeline integrity sublimate reasonably soon with a whole separate category of acceptable repairs.
1: Interesting. Because it's
11: a little different than ever been done before. It's not right. quite a welded repair. It's not an A-sleeve or a B-sleeve. It's not a composite. It's steel. It's a steel sleeve, but it's now a laminated steel sleeve. Right. So it does some interesting things. The patent involved in this in the U.S. is titled Augmentation of Mechanical Properties of High-Pressure Pipe sort of the six million dollar man issues. How do we take old pipe and make it better than it was? How do we take nineteen sixty era or seventy era pipe that's been in the ground and augment it to do what we have to do in the next hundred years? And the answer is you're gonna to have to augment it and address it. And if they won't let you build a new pipeline, we need a technology and pipe spring's part of that technology.
1: Absolutely, and that's really the key, right? It's so hard to get a new pipeline built these yep. days that we gotta keep what we have running. Yes. And PipeSpring is one of those solutions that can help out with that, right?
11: Absolutely. It lets you keep running. It ensures the integrity, and it gives you a good pipeline where we can even change service. Carbon dioxide, hydrogen, whatever we need to do in the future, this lets the existing pipeline infrastructure continue to operate safely and securely in the public interest and do everything properly.
1: Well, that's fantastic. Now I see why it's a finalist. So, Excellent. So, you know, you got some stiff competition. We were talking with your competition yes. over there in your category, but... Uh, I wish you the best of luck, and we'll see you there. I mean, that's just like two weeks away now. Yeah,
11: 13 days, I think I saw today. Yeah, Yeah. coming right up. Perfect. We'll We'll see you there. Thank you much. I appreciate the the opportunity. Good to see you.
1: To get things rolling, we're here with Andy McDowell, the president of Gulf Energy Information.
0: Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, Jim. Thanks. Appreciate being here.
1: Yeah, so this is pretty exciting, right? Because this is the reception for the awards, but the awards are different this year. Explain that to us.
0: Yeah, so in the past, we've done four different versions of the awards across the brands, World Oil, Hydrocarbon Processing, Pipeline and Gas Journal, and Petroleum Economist. And as we sat and looked at the process last year, just thought this was an opportunity to bring them all together and really kind of put this as the Oscars of the oil and gas industry, right? And that's what we've really been trying to do. Brought it all together, one night, one big event, red carpet and all, so... Yeah, Um, I saw that. It'll be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. And kind of as we were dreaming it up last year, I would say, I'm really looking forward to it coming to life here in a few weeks.
1: Yeah. So how many nominations do we have? How many categories?
0: So 400 plus nominations over 43 categories. And some of those categories are across up, mid and downstream. So there will be a few different winners there. And in order to keep the process moving, not keep everybody there all night, there's going to be, you know, dual stages running spotlights. You know, it's a totally different format (laughs) this year. So it's going to be much more of a well-oiled machine, I would say, to keep that number of people moving
1: along. That's excellent. And this reception tonight, that was super well attended. I mean, Houston-centric, so a lot of upstream guys, but there were midstream and downstream folks
0: here too. Yeah, we had a good mixture from everybody representing the different brands and previous awards, which was great. Nice to see some of the technical folks here, as well as some of the, you know, energy leader of the year finalists and lifetime achievement finalists and so forth like that. You know, it's funny you mentioned Houston. I mean, people can't come in just for this, I would say. But, you know, dozens of countries represented the nominees. It's still a global presence. It's a really, really good chance to make the awards a big splash across our entire industry. So,
1: Yeah, well, we'll be recording at the awards as well. So it'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to it myself. And thanks for being on the show.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to our show. Please check out the show notes for the links we discussed in the podcast. We value your opinions, so if you have any questions or comments, kindly email them to us at deepdive at worldoil.com. Additionally, we'd appreciate it if you could rate us on your preferred podcast listening app. Lastly, don't forget to visit worldoil.com for the latest technical articles and news about the oil and gas industry.